And you got your Bibles with you this morning? I think we bought one for you. I think we bought one up on the screen here for you. John chapter 5, verse 1. John chapter 5 and verse 1. So Jesus, the story is that Jesus went up to, the, uh, Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and the Bible says that he, he came down to the, to the pool of Bethsaida. And uh, interesting what you're just talking about, Bruce. And so um, Jesus came down to Bethsaida. One of the things he sees there is multitudes of people were there. They were sick, they were blind, the Bible says that they were lame, and they're also infirm. You imagine the environment walking into a place like that. You walk into this pool. You walk into this area, and there's this pool there. And everywhere around the pool, there's, there's no happy people there. There's just people that are either they were lame, they were sick, they were under, tormented, uh, under the influence of tormenting spirits. They were sick, and all of them were waiting, the Bible says, because it says that for, for, there was a time when the angel of the Lord uh, allegedly came down and stirred the waters, and whoever jumped into the water at that time was made whole. And I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Shane Willard's teaching, but the whole thing was just a crock. And uh, it was just a way to exploit people. It was just a way to put false hope into people. And Jesus came, and, and so Jesus, the Bible says, he came up to Jerusalem, but then he came down to the pool. One of the things that you see with people is like, it doesn't matter what people look on the outside. You only have to look a little bit deeper and you can find that people in their hearts are either blind, without vision, without hope. They are paralyzed. They're without strength. They, uh, they're lame. They're under, torment, they're under the influence of tormenting spirits. And one of the things uh, I've known, with, even with traveling with mum and dad, is that we've met with some of the most wealthiest people in the world. On the outside, they have it all together. They look like it, they have it all together. But when you only scratch a little bit down the surface, you'll find that there is uh, lameness, they've got no power, there are some areas in their life they've got absolutely no power, no money can buy their freedom because it's a spiritual bondage. I was talking to one guy and he said, my wife is sick, I've got all the money in the world, but all the money in the world cannot fix didn't work. Why? Because this problem was a spiritual thing. You see that people are lame. You see, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Shallow Hell. It's a bit of a crazy movie. Uh, but the way that he saw people uh, got altered. And one of the transformations that he saw was that uh, people that looked good on the outside, the way he started to see them looked awfully, they looked awfully ugly. The soul was bound up. Their soul was in, in torment. That's the same with a lot of people. People come to, and, and they gather around the pool looking for a false hope. You can see that down at the local, down, you can see that down at the pharmacy down the road, the lotto shop at 6 o'clock on a Saturday, Saturday night. People, blind, they may have a lot of money, but they're still an infirmity. They may, have, uh, they may have fresh water coming out of the tap, but they're impoverished. <laughs> They're looking for a false hope, looking for one day that something, one day their, 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 their numbers will come and all their life will be fixed. <laughs> Excuse me. And it's like wherever you look around society today, people are looking for hope, but they're looking for it in all the wrong places. They're looking for, uh, looking for a misplaced hope, not knowing that they're actually deceived by the devil thinking, if you only had that, if only you had this, then your life would be made whole. Maybe you're here today 
and you look good on the outside, but inside you're in a place of torment. Inside that you have no vision, you've got no, no understanding, no sense of purpose for your life. You're just gathered with the rest of everyone, blind, lame, paralyzed, uh, involved with sickness, involved with uh, uh, demon spirits. So Jesus come down and went up to Jerusalem and he come down to the pool. How many knows that Jesus Christ comes down out of heaven? He stepped out of heaven, down into the pool where you and I, the sick and the lame and the infirm, were sitting. Not just to poke fun at us, not to condemn us, but to bring a real and free hope into our lives. Amen. Not just a misguided hope, not a misplaced hope, but a real tangible hope into our lives. He is the hope. He is the anchor of our soul. Friends, if you are coming to place today, if you are here and you need a real hope, not, that, not the misplaced that you, hope of lottery, not, not that. Maybe you're looking for a sense of purpose on your life and... and and you spend all your time on Facebook putting all these great posts out there thinking that somebody somewhere is going to spot you and you're going to rise up into fame. But at the end of the day, you're still looking. It's, a, it's the same thing. It's just got a spiritual Christianese kind of blanket over it. It looks like you're okay, but you're actually you're, you're without purpose. You're putting as many Facebook posts up there as you can, possibly to create this impression that you're good, that you're impression that you're righteous, but actually inside you've got no sense of future at all. You're lame. Ooh. So Jesus comes down to the, into this place. Jesus comes down into the pool. A lot of gates Facebook, by the way. Jesus comes down to the pool and he sees this one guy. He's been lying there, the Bible says. He's been under the spirit. Uh, he's been uh, under the spirit of infirmity. He was paralyzed. He's been in this condition for 38 years. And Jesus sees this guy. You know, it doesn't matter how, uh, in, in this story, it was very, very obvious. It, it was physically obvious. But sometimes when you've got a, uh, it's not always obvious. See, God looks past the outside and God looks at the issues of our heart. And so Jesus, sometimes you've got to just see how Jesus, get Jesus' perspective. You know, when Jesus looks into our lives, he can pass, look past the facade that many of us can put up. He, can put, he looks straight past the, the facade, the, the happy, smiley face, but he knows in the inside that you're lame, you've got no vision, that you're under a spirit of infirmity. Jesus comes and he looks at this man. He looks at this man. And he said, do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? Here's this man lying there. 38 years he'd been an invalid. 38 years chasing misguided hope. 38 years looking. 38 years he thinks he's going to find hope in this pool. But the whole thing was a have anyway. 38 years he was looking for somebody to, to, for his numbers to come up, looking for the waters to stir, looking for an angel, looking for something to turn up at some point to find himself whole. He was looking for his magic pill. Jesus comes up to him. It's interesting that the answer asked the question. Do you want to be made whole? And I believe that question is always relevant for us today. Because, one, I ask the question, what does it even look like to be made whole? If you've been an invalid for 38 years, if most of your life you've been dependent upon somebody else, most of your life you've been wasted your energy and your your affections on a misguided hope. What does it mean to be whole? <laughs> I'm a pastor of a church. 
I still ask myself that question. What does it look like, Jesus, for me to be made whole? I mean, not what I think is whole, but with Jesus, when he asked the question, what do, you, do you want to be made whole? He's not talking about the whole according to what you and I think wholeness would look like. But what would? What would you say if Jesus said to you, do you want to be made whole? Well, I've been a Christian for 20 years, and I still don't even know what that really looks like to a certain degree. Why? I'm still on a journey. Still on a journey. But I've got an idea. I'm heading in the right direction. Amen. And I believe that Jesus always asked me that question. Always asked this question. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? The question I ask you today, you may be in a place without vision. You may be in a place where you are infer- uh, you, you're in, uh, entertaining spirits in your life. Do you want to be made whole? It's a powerful question, do you want? Because in, the word, in, the, in that question there, there is a, a word called want, which, uh, which, uh, which leans towards desire. Do you really want it? Because he sees the man lying there. For some people, they outward, they, outwardly they, 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 they express that they want, but actually their whole identity becomes tied up with being down here. You get so used to living your life lying down, and it becomes to a point where it's normal. But God doesn't want you to live your life lying down, handing, living off the overflow of other people. He doesn't want you just to live your life being a beneficiary of the goodness and kindness of others. He doesn't want you just to live a life living on the handout of something else, of somebody else. Hoping with misguided hope. That is not the future that God has for you. That is not what He designed you to be and to live. Oh, not at all. Do you want to be made well? Desire. If you want to be made well, desire is a big thing because He said, Look, if you're happy, if you're happy lying there, I don't want to disturb you. Jesus is not going to just. Grab him by the hand and say, I don't care if you want healing or not. I'm just going to haul you to your feet. It's a two-way thing. You've got to, you see, we, we, we just, I just did a series on, on coming into an agreement. That, uh, when you come into an agreement with a, with a spirit, it creates an atmosphere which becomes a, a climate, which becomes a culture. And this boy had been lying there for so years, so many years, he'd come into an agreement with, and it had become his culture. His normal was to lie down. And Jesus looks at him and says, looks at his creation. I never created you to be like that. I never created you to live a life of false hope. I never created you to to live your life lying down there living off the overflow of other people. That's not why I created you. I created you and you're created in my image to, to give out the glory of God, to fill the world and to subdue it, not to be subdued by the world. <laughs> so people are subdued by the world, even coming to Christians. They're subdued by the world. No power at all. So this man is, do you want to make well? Because if you don't want to be made well, I'm not going to force you to your feet. Some people, we entertain our brokenness. And our brokenness becomes our place of identity. We identify the majority of our life with being broken to a certain degree. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be whole? Or are you satisfied just to lie there and just to have somebody just keep asking you, how are you doing? Can I pray for you? You can end up becoming a ministry junkie. 
You can go to course after course after course after course. The problem is you're still soul-tied to your problem. You're still soul-tied to your wound. You're still soul-tied to what happened to you 38 years ago. It's still you come into agreement with that. Remember uh, the whole thing of self-concept, how you see yourself and how you see yourself compared to others. The moment that you come into an agreement, it, it, it invokes a spiritual influence around your life. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Do you want to be made well? Or are you satisfied just to keep going to course after course after course after course and still, you're still broken? I'm still having to chase you. You're still, oh, come on, are you okay? You're still entertaining demons. Do you want to be made well? Friends, when you want something, oh, <laughs> when I wanted my wife, oh, What I wanted, I saw Kate, you know, I was kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, desire starts, you know, desire can grow, Brian. It can grow, you can start, and then it can grow until it gets momentum. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want? I don't need to look at no tea leaves. To come to a place of decision to know that I want her. I wanted her. <laughs> I wanted her. Could bike from one side of town to the other, no problem. Because I would walk 500 miles. I would walk 500 more just to be the man who walked a thousand miles. <laughs> la, 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 la. You can do it without breaking your sweat. Why? Desire. I didn't need to go to no Facebook chatting page. Desire. Do you want to be made whole? If you want to be made whole, you've got to desire. Don't, need to take, don't just play with the idea. I don't want you to just waste your emotion playing with the idea. I told her straight from the start. I'm not going to play with her emotions. I'm not going to put her in a place where, am I this or that, or am I going to be the wife, or am I not going to be the wife? Or am I just going to be... No, 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 no. Straight from the start. Do you want me as your wife or not? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want your life to be complete or not? Desire. Friends, if you're happy just lying in the place where you are, I'm prepared to leave you lying there. <laughs> he developed a cultural a survival all that you want. Some Christians, all they want to do is just survive and go to heaven one day. No. No, God's got a story he's writing in your life. And the story doesn't stay broken. The story doesn't stay. He's went from this to that and there and just, it, it just remained broken. It's like, what? You get to the end of the story, and it's like you never discovered. You never, it's got to, it, no, that's not what Jesus, Jesus does not want you just to be a survivor. He wants us to be victorious. The Bible says that we are victorious in Jesus Christ. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. You are not just a survivor. 
You are more than a conqueror. In other words, you can turn it around. You're not just come to a place of survival, but you're now in a place where your soul is prospering. That your soul is not just in a place of of zero balance. You've come out of minuses and you've started to increase. Your soul prospers. John speaks, he says, I I pray that one thing, that, that your soul would prosper. That your soul would be made whole. You've got to desire it. See, exceptional desire gets exceptional results. Exceptional desire gets exceptional results. Some people, they, they like the idea of healing. They like the idea of being made whole. But when you have exceptional desire, when you really, really want him to come and touch your life, when you really want to be made whole, my goodness, he will come and he will bring hope into your life. He will touch you. He will touch you. Exceptional desire. Some people don't desire anything. It's just like, I, I, I don't know if you've been around people, but it's like, I'm not getting a pull either way. It's, it, it's like they're just emotionally stuck. They don't desire anything. They're just content. I mean, contentment is a good thing, but they just get to so much, such a point in life and they settle. Don't desire growth. Don't desire much at all. They'll just come and just get fed and go home and that's their life. That is not the life that Christ has called us to do. Christ has called us to live a full life. A full, the Bible, even Psalm 23, he says, my life overflows, surely goodness and mercy overflows out of my life. My cup runneth over. The cup of our life, the cup of your soul, you're not, it's not running at deficit. It's not, God has not called your soul to be running at a place of deficit. God has called our lives to be overflowing. That's what ministry is. An overflow out of our life. How bad do you really want it? How bad do you really want it? I know when God touched my dad's life, he was hungry for the things of the Spirit. He didn't have to go to three years Bible school. Didn't have to. Hungered for him. Went to one seminar. That was it. That was enough. He got enough keys in there to apply him to his life. That was enough to set him on fire. How much do you want? How much do you want to be made whole? I love what, um, in the production there, I'm free enough. Are you ready? Is this really where you want to stay? Well, God's got so much more for you. So Jesus looks at this man. Gives him three instructions. Pick up your bed. Arise. Pick up your bed and walk. Arise, pick up your bed and walk. One of the first things Jesus had, one of the first things that responded was the man's mind. Just to get up. I mean, this guy had been culturalized. He is, that was the normal for him, to be lying down. I don't know if about you, but if you've been even sitting down for long enough, Will you try and get back up under your feet? Pins and needles. You can't even, your muscles sometimes don't, it takes a while for them to start to work. They don't just work by themselves. The first thing I believe that Jesus, the first thing that responded was his mind, his thinking. It takes, it takes um, you know, with the whole, the whole thing of muscle memory. Wasn't just a restoring of the muscles down here, but it was a restoring of the mind. Had to start in the mind because your mind triggers everything else. 
to activate. It starts with the head. When you first bring the head into an alignment with Jesus Christ, when you first start to bring your thinking into alignment with Jesus Christ, everything else will start to follow. Everything else will start to respond. Jesus said, arise. One of the first things he said to this man is, arise. First step, get up from where you are. Arise in faith. If you want to shift, if you want to be made whole, you've got to arise in your heart. You've got to be proactive in standing up. To arise means to just to get up off the ground from where you are. Arise in faith. Let your spirit arise. That's one reason why I get up every Sunday here, and if I'm not feeling the spiritual lift, if I'm not feeling the faith arise, I will work and I will make sure that I get your spirits to arise. Why? Because that's the first thing we've got to do. Arising will create an atmosphere. Arising is a response of anticipation. Come on. You've got to arise in your heart when you hear God speak to you. You've got to arise in your heart. Get, your place in a, get yourself into a place where you are anticipating change. If you don't arise in your own heart first, nothing else can really happen. Second thing he says is pick up your bed and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat. This mat had been the place of comfort for him for 38 years. It was part of him. It was the place that he went to in his place of comfort. Where is your place of comfort? Is it Facebook? Is it the bottle? Where is your place of comfort that's become so much part of your life? That's the place you run to for comfort. One of the things you've got to understand about this mat thing was this. It was the Sabbath day. It was the Sabbath day. According to the law, according to the culture of that day, it was illegal for you to pick up your mat. You can see that the Pharisees asked him. As soon as he gets here, the first question they ask is, why is he carrying his mat? One of the things where you want to, if you want to come into a place of wholeness, you've got to do this. One of the things that you've got to first arise in your heart. Second, you've got to break what's become culturally normal to you. For this man to arise, he had to break, the, break through what, what, what was the custom that was around him. What is the custom? What has been the custom is what you usually do. Because if you keep doing the same things, you'll still keep getting the same results. If you still keep, if you withdraw every time you come into a place of pain, if you withdraw, if you, if your, your, your daily habits, the things that you do, whatever becomes normal for you, that's why you need a, a you need a culture shift inside of your life. When it, you know, we talked about a little while ago that um, when you come into an agreement with a, a spiritual influence, it becomes an atmosphere is formed around you, becomes a climate, becomes a stronghold, it becomes a culture, it just becomes normal. But at the core of that is an agreement with an evil spirit. That's why it's important for you to, to discover what are you accepting in your life that's not normal, that shouldn't be there. Because you don't get delivered from something that you consider normal. So what is the cultural thing? What are some, what are some habits that you've formed around your life that you start to need, you need to break? Some ways of thinking, some ways of speaking, some ways of behaving, things that you turn to for comfort. What do you need to break through in order to you have to, 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 to attain your, your freedom? Pick up your mat. He, he didn't say just leave your mat there. <laughs> just leave it. You're not going to need that anymore. He said pick it up. In other words, you've got to take authority over it. Take authority over it. 
What is it around your life that you've become culturally normal, that has become culturized to you? You don't even know it's normal. You've got to break through that. Jesus said the next thing he said, and walk. Some people, they get to the point of arising, and that's about it. <laughs> some people, they, yeah, we got up on our feet and uh, started to break some habits. But I'm still in the same pool. <laughs> I'm still associating in the same pool. I'm still sitting with the, bl- the blind, the lame, and the affirm. He said, Walk. In other words, get yourself out of the place, out of the space where you are, out of the space that's been so familiar to you for 38 years. Your walking is this. Your walking is like making a decision. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and 16, it says, therefore, let us walk in the Spirit. You cannot, if you want to be made whole, I believe this. The fact of walking out of there, you're walking away. From you, 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 you're ceasing agreement with that spirit that you've come into agreement with. And every other person is there. Because you imagine the culture, you imagine the climate that is in that space. It is not the most uplifting space at all. There would have been an atmosphere in that place, an atmosphere of false hope. If you stay in that place, you'll probably start to get molded back into that place again. You've got to start making decisions. When you walk, it's about making decisions. Decisions that will get you out of the space that has been your home for so long. You have to start to take your body somewhere else. You have to get your, yourself into a new different space. We see later on that the Bible, Jesus found him where? Found him in the temple. He found him in the house of God. Found him in the house of God. Friends, that's one of the reasons why you've got to come to church. Come to church on a Sunday. You won't want to be entertaining in the place of the, lime, the, 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 the blind, the lame, and the infirm, and the paralyzed. Jesus said he found him in the house of the Lord. I reckon he must have just hightailed it out of that pool straight to the house of the Lord. Make decisions that you bring you towards the house of God. Make decisions that bring you towards the presence of God. Don't make decisions that keep you in the space where you are. I mean, a lot of people, you know, prayed for a lot of people and they actually haven't shifted in their heart from the space in which they are now. They're still doing the same things. They're still associating with the same people. They're still in the same world. That's about it. On Sunday, they'll come and they'll rise in faith. But don't actually take authority over the parts of their lives that are broken. They won't make decisions that bring them out of the place that keeps them in the place of infirmity in the first place. Friends, you want to be made whole. How much do you desire? You've got to start to break what's normal, what you've accepted as normal for your life. Start to make some decisions that bring you to the house of God. Jesus said, when he sees this man here, he said, go your way and sin no more, lest a worse thing happens to you. What could be worse? What could be worse than sitting by a pool with no hope? For 38 years, I can tell you what can be worse. It's sitting for an eternity in a place of brokenness without hope. Our sin will keep us in a place of brokenness. Our sin will keep dragging us to a place of an eternity. Praise God, Jesus came down to the pool so he could meet us at the poolside and bring us up. Bring us to his presence again, amen? Wonderful, Jesus. Father, we just thank you so much for your mercy. 
But thank you so much for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your, your hand reaching out to us today and still asking us the same question. Do you want to be made whole? Jesus, we thank you so much that you're leading us, that you're guiding us closer to your presence. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for every person, every family that's represented here. I pray that you'd come and just touch their hearts right now in Jesus' name. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I want to first ask this question. Is there somebody here this morning? Every eye closed, every head bowed. And you're like that lame man. You've been sitting in this pool, sitting beside this pool, looking for false hope. You've got a misguided, you've got a misplaced hope. You want to be made whole. You want your life to be made whole. You know that something's not right. You know in your heart that your life is not right. Today you want to make a decision. You know, Jesus, come down to the pool. Came down to where the man was at. Today he's come down to where you're at right now. Wherever you are in life, wherever brokenness you are, he's come down to meet with you today. His presence is here. He wants to meet with you. If you're here today and you have never, ever invited Jesus Christ into your life, today he's calling you. Today he's calling you to respond. Today he wants to make you whole. The answer that you've been looking for is in this place right now. All you have to do this morning is to respond to him. He's going to rise, pick up your bed, and walk. Today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, but this morning, you want to receive his offer of wholeness for your life. I'd love for you just to raise your hand right now. On the count of three, I'm just going to say one, two, three, and I want you to raise your hand. They've never invited Jesus Christ into your life. Today, you want to receive his mercy. You want to receive his grace into your life for the first time. Why don't you just raise your hand now? One, two, Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Does anyone else want to receive Jesus Christ for the first time? I thank you so much. In a minute, I'd love to just pray for you. But every eye closed, every head bowed. I know there's people here today. Jesus is still asking you the same question. Do you want to be made whole? Or are you just happy just lying in the space where you are? If you know in your heart this morning there's places of your life that are not right, they're not made whole, they're still in bondage. Today you want to make a decision afresh to the, to the call of Jesus. Do you want to be made whole? With every eye closed, every head bowed, I'll just lift your hand right now. Holy Spirit, I just feel your calling. Thank you, thank you. Hands going up everywhere. Do you want to be made whole? Lord, show us what wholeness looks like. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you would show us what it means to be made whole. Thank you, Lord, that you are journeying with every one of us today.
You're bringing us out of a place of darkness. You're bringing into a place of light. I want to speak. Some of you responded. Some of you still need to respond to this morning. You may be sitting there. No, 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 I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm, I'm pretty whole. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm whole. I've given my heart to Jesus, and no, no I'm, I'm pretty good. Really? Really? Come on. There's a time and a place. There's a time to get right with God. There's a time to get right with God. If you have to justify where your life is right now, then I would strongly suggest that you need to do some soul searching. Holy Spirit, we welcome your wonderful presence in this place. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you come and speak to every person in this house right now in Jesus' name. Lead us down the path of righteousness, I pray in the name of Jesus. What I'd love us to do right now is we're just going to stand to our feet. And for those, uh, those two people that responded to us, Jesus, into your heart, I'd love to just pray for you as we just stand. Everyone's just going to give you a clap. And if you could just come, your, just come down to the front, we're just going to pray for you. And Come on, let's give them a clap this morning. There's two people that responded. Come on, why don't you come? Why don't you come? If somebody's come with you, just, just come. I saw two, at least two of you raise your hands. Come on. Yes, thank you. Thank you. There's somebody over here as well. Come on, let's give her a big clap. That's fantastic. Oh, I'm so glad that you came this morning. Yeah. Is there someone else who want to give their heart to the Lord for the first time? Come on, every eye closed, every head bowed. Just... What I'm going to do is just lead you in a prayer. If you want to just pray this prayer along with us, we're all going to pray this prayer together and invite Jesus Christ into our hearts in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I've sinned and gone my own way. But today, Lord Jesus, I turn to you. I respond to your free gift of salvation. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And that you rose again on the third day. Today I ask you into my heart. I receive your gift of eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift of eternal life. Amen. 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 God bless you. And I just want to say one thing. As an ambassador of Jesus Christ, as you confess with your mouth today, I want to declare over your life right now that your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a shout of praise today. Someone else, someone else needs to hear that today, that your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. The Bible says in Galatians, since having received this liberty of Jesus Christ, let's not go back into a place of bondage again. Let's remain in a place of liberty in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Come on, everybody said. Come on, let's worship him this morning.